0: Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio, reporting from the basement of the Dairy Civic Center. This is CM Alexander with the news. In weather, mist, just like the previous four days. If anyone can hear our broadcast, know that we are making every effort to help. Our last report from the outside revealed the tragic destruction of Hartford, Connecticut. Wait a minute. What was that spike? Hello out there? If you can hear me, you're listening to Dairy Public Radio. Radio. Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio, a bi-weekly Stephen King Book Club podcast. I'm one of your hosts, CM Alexander, alongside Joshua Khan. Hey everybody. And Benjamin Graham.
1: Hey, constant readers.
0: And today we are finishing our coverage of the mist, and Josh is leading our discussion.
1: Let's get right into it because the second half of the mist is all insanity all the time. Quick recap. Mist happened in their grocery store. <laughs> That's catches you up. That's <laughs> a, a mist did a mist a mist did it
0: mm-hmm. and
1: grocery store.
0: It's a mystery.
1: <laughs> That's it for this episode of Dairy Public Radio. <laughs> As-
0: that wasn't that bad. <laughs> That's no, pretty that. good. Pretty good.
1: It's really good. So where we left off is we've we've lost a bag boy and some flat earthers and Mrs Carmody is. Slowly starting a cult, right? (laughs) Yeah. A nice nice catch-up. We pick up with everybody in Chapter 7, entitled The First Night. What What? a night. We talked about this a little last episode of people kind of pairing off and finding the groups they belong to in this area. But I like that the butcher, uh, what is it, Mr. McVeigh, Mm -hmm. is cooking chicken on a gas grill because he's been the butcher at the store forever, and nobody's eating it except for Mrs. Carmody. Yeah. I'd
0: be eating it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely.
2: But I, I love that he is in the kitchen, or uh, on this grill, cooking past the point where everyone has stopped
3: eating. Mm-hmm.
2: It is That's such an unnerving sight, and also goes <laughs> into what we talked about last week, everyone coping in their yeah. own way. This is, he has found a task and he's just gonna keep doing it until he can't anymore.
0: I would have attached myself to him, because my coping is eating.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> what did you guys think of the uh, Hattie Terman conversation? So there's this a brief scene where we have another of many heartbreaking Billy moments where he wakes up and asks if we're still in the store, mm-hmm. and when David says yes, he just goes back to sleep. I, about Billy,
2: it didn't occur to me at first. Because, yeah, Billy spends so much of this book just sleeping. And since it takes place, really, for the most part, over the course of 24 hours, give or take a little more, it almost seems like just King saying, ah, the kid goes to sleep so the main character can go do shit. (laughs) Until later on in the book... Where uh, near the end, mm-hmm. just as a toss away, Dave says, "I need to take care of Bill because he's been sleeping a lot, and I don't like it." And that made it click for me. Like, of course, he's he's a little kid; he mm-hmm. can't
1: do anything, and the mm-hmm. trauma of this is massive. Yeah, this is just the small kid making himself even smaller and smaller as this book goes, and it's just. It's heartbreaking for for David as he has to watch his child go through this.
0: Especially when you get a scene of them playing for a minute and he's chasing him down the aisles. He's like, he giggled.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So this conversation is when he's talking to Hattie, who is uh, somebody who's babysat Billy before. And Hattie says that she confesses that she knows her husband is Mm. dead. And David (laughs) says he doesn't believe that, but he knows he's lying. How did that hit for you guys?
0: It's such an interesting idea. And I kept wondering cuz I I don't know if we missed it or if it didn't really go into detail because a tree crashed through their house. Mm-hmm. And I know they got the glass cleaned up, but that means that their home is not secure, it's open to the elements. And so I couldn't figure out if he thought that because he just assumed, you know, she couldn't she didn't have anywhere to go to get away from the mist or if this was a, supposed to be another element of these strong like premonitions, I guess, that he's had from the start.
2: I really love that the, the what you mentioned that, you know, the fact that their house is open, mm-hmm. they never mention that he he never like takes the time to be like, I knew the state of our home. hmm. It's left for us to be like to to put that together. Yeah, I, I.
0: That is cool. Yeah, it's a
2: really surprisingly subtle for this big monster book.
0: Because when, <laughs> when you when you realize that you're like, oh shit, and it's mm-hmm. so much. It would be more easy to forget. To, yeah. Uh, yeah, the
2: first read through, mm-hmm. and then when go back uh, going back, knowing oh their house is the same as
1: the pharmacy. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. really, if you haven't put it together after the pharmacy, you're not gonna. <laughs> and so 8.30 comes around, 8.30 p.m. They've had people on watch, and suddenly a, someone lets out a scream because something has landed on the window. Would either of you like to describe what's on the window? Or would you like to me to read <laughs> the facts that are listed off about Give this creature? Give dirty facts. It is. <laughs> it is two feet long. Dirty. Segmented. Too big. Too big. <laughs> segmented.
0: With- I hate when everything is segmented. I'm sorry. Go on, go on. No, you're right.
1: You're right <laughs> to be upset by so it. It is very
0: Imagine very upsetting. Listeners take any any object and just describe it as segmented. It'll upset you.
2: <laughs> hold on. We gotta, oh, yeah. follow, this no, yeah. segmented. We gotta follow this uh, little thought experiment through. But give us an example. Cucumbers. Uh, why'd you pick the <laughs> first one How did that work
3: I hate that, <laughs> that I'm, I'm you gave sorry ben That a
2: new genuinely Genuinely upset me that, Your eyes <laughs> shot
1: wide open <laughs>
0: I hate being right.
1: <laughs> Gross. So this two foot long cucumber, <laughs> has, cucumber is segmented with stalk eyes, wings, and <laughs> pink skin like burnt flesh.
0: Everything Look. in this mist is... <laughs> Increasingly egregious, like more and more um, mm-hmm. offensive and upsetting <laughs> with every sentence. And then the things we find out later are like, well, oh, f- f- fuck you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Josh, did you mention? I'm sorry if I zoned out. The worst part of these things? What's the worst part? That th- it yeah. has something sticking off the back that <laughs> is either not. a stinger. Or genitals?
1: Yeah, that's a very—it's <laughs> bad, important <laughs> confusion. <laughs> so, uh, actually, I'll talk about this more when we cover the movie. But I also listened to the 3D audio version of The Mist, and what's very funny is because that's only dialogue. They use the commotion chatter to say some of the things that are in the descriptions of the book. So when the mm-hmm. bugs land on the front of the window of the store, you can hear of, when everyone's like, oh my God, I'm like, all this in mm-hmm. the back, you can literally hear someone say that thing hanging off the back. It's either a mm-hmm. stinger or <laughs> genitals. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it's, <laughs> like, it's just very funny the way they chose to put in some of the descriptions masked as dialogue.
0: i am I'm super upset by what this thing is. And it gets worse. It's like, that's the least <laughs> problematic thing that they are going to see in the next <laughs> several minutes.
2: I don't know. Anything with eyes on stalks fucks me up. The
0: thing that's coming has a beak, Ben.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <Breaking> <laughs> <at> <laughs> least, horrible. I can
2: conceptualize a beak. Yeah, I can uh... too,
0: that's the problem. <laughs> Sam, would you
1: like to describe what uh, happens next? Since yes. you're very excited about it. So
0: they're, they're seeing these nasty little segmented things and they're super like appropriately grossed out mm. and probably you know just starting to feel like that comfort with okay I have identified this thing I know how bad this is this is as bad as it gets <laughs> and then out of the mist there comes a dark shape and it turns out to be the creature that feeds on these bugs also, everything here is like a million times bigger than our version of yeah. like insects, for example, mm-hmm. and birds. So this huge winged thing lands on the glass and, and just snatches this thing and then takes off. And we find out that all these little bugs are just like like a moth to the light. Uh-huh. And these birds are going to start swarming these very delicate Glass mm-hmm. windows.
2: That was the most stressful yes. thing. Yeah. Cause like, yeah, these things are gross, but for me, the the things coming are so much worse. Yeah. But yeah, the way it's described as these huge pterodactyl like skin kites
3: <laughs> are,
0: <laughs> are, are sudden
2: against this already <laughs> already damaged. Uh, window.
0: I don't even know what you said because I can't <laughs> think. <of> skin kites.
1: <laughs> what I love about it though is that up until now we've seen the conversation with people in the know acknowledging hey the front of the store is all glass. Once everybody realizes that, shit's gonna hit the fan. This moment happens and you feel like collectively everyone else made that connection when they heard the creatures pounding and it causes a stampede.
0: I am so glad you use the word you feel them realize that because I feel like you do. Yeah. Like you, when you're reading this book or listening to it, you can almost hear or feel like that moment of group understanding, tension, and then complete chaos. Mm-hmm.
1: Woman get poor woman gets trampled.
0: Oh my
3: gosh! (laughs) The way you started
2: to say, "You just woman gets trampled," (laughs) I don't know. It struck me. You can cut that.
0: This this is super upsetting, though, because this this woman gets trampled because people are understandably freaking out because they thought this thing is nasty. Oh, but what's hunting it is even nastier. So, like, is it going to get worse than that? Even and the uh, this is where David sees something the one of the top bags of dog food yeah. that is one of the a bird things standing, is like yeah, pushing it
1: through through
0: that hole and there's a guy standing under it and he starts to yell at him to get out of the way but this woman is screaming so loud about being trampled which i guess you would do <laughs> but it really it just i've been that person so many times or i really need somebody to hear something but someone else is louder than me and i can't <laughs> make myself heard and i felt <laughs> how frustrating that would be and the bag falls and just lands right on this guy's head and hopefully it killed him instantly oh
1: (laughs) no sure didn't
2: this guy this guy's in for it yeah you don't you don't often wish instant death on people but it would have been a kindness i think that's the time
0: it it was cool though because we didn't get to see except for the bad boy any of the other deaths so now to get this like brutal play by play yeah
1: so, once the the bird makes its way in, David goes for the torch, gets ready to use it, and realizes he doesn't have a lighter.
0: Well, he used his latch, last match oh, yeah. to light a <laughs> cigar earlier. That's right. <laughs> Thankfully, job, man.
1: Dan Miller, badass Dan mm-hmm. Miller, shows up. Uh, and I like the... Since we don't get his background, getting the his Zippo had a Marine Corps logo mm-hmm. on it. And then there's some other things, some other military phrases he uses later that let you infer his whole backstory. But he rules. He shows up with a Zippo. He lights the torch. And it's when that's when they see this winged creature envelop the oh. guy on the ground mm-hmm. in its wings. And they just hear it tearing beating. him apart. What did you yeah. guys think Mortal ripping? Yeah, I believe they describe it as.
0: What did you guys think of David's perception of this creature because he does this again later, he thinks about it's it's um like it's not an intelligent creature. It's stupid.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: it's th- these things are just animals, mm-hmm. Uh just animals
1: from somewhere else that we should not be looking at. <laughs> that we should. At. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these things aren't hunting people. It's just there's more things to eat in mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. It's also uh, I didn't we didn't mention this, but the first time when he sees this creature tear into the guy on the ground he refers to it i don't remember what the phrasing is but how it described as effortless the way it just rips his flesh open like it's not even trying
0: that's why birds suck (laughs) they can all do that (laughs) watch watch out (laughs) that's
1: that's true i've seen the staircase
0: <laughs> oh, deep it's a for weird trend. reference, but sure. Yeah. Future for the the, 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 owl. Theory. Yeah, the no, owl theory. I know
2: the owl theory. Oh, wow.
0: <laughs> you're very upset, <laughs> that I might think you don't know the owl theory.
1: <laughs> it's,
0: so offended. How
1: dare you. <laughs> how dare you assume I'm not up on my owl attack lore. <laughs> you know how I feel about owls. <laughs> <laughs> if only... It had been uh, a giant bug creature instead of an owl. That lady had been saved by this lady, the raid gunslinger, Mrs. Reppler.
0: Yes. Just coming out of
1: nowhere, <laughs> dual-wielding cans of bug spray. Like,
0: These look like fucking ugly giant bugs. I got bug spray. I oh, she's love right. it. She's right.
1: She has dual-wielding cans and she suffocates this bug to <laughs> death with spray. Th- then they Amanda Dumfries scoops it in a bucket and just tosses it outside. <laughs> which seemed like... A little much I would not go <laughs> to the doors
2: Yeah The the, no. the building is covered In giant bugs
1: uh, No Well now things have settled down <laughs> From this attack and it 30 1.30am And David has fallen into a semi doze, Which means it's time to go to Ben For the dream. most popular segment On Dairy Public Radio King Dream Sequence with Ben Graham <laughs> This one Do left no impression on me <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, I can tell you about my dream I had last night that was 1,000% inspired by this book. Yes. Do it. Was, it. J- just monsters. Nice. Oh, I picked one up by the tail and slammed it against a fence <laughs> until it was dead. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah.
0: It was it segmented?
3: God.
2: <laughs> that kind of just looked like a possum without skin. <laughs> oh. oh I don't know.
0: This is a dream where he hears, or he thinks in his dream... About the Arrowhead project, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep, mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: That's when, yeah, there isn't really much to this dream besides that thought coming back into his head mm-hmm. uh, as he starts thinking about it. But when he wakes up here, before we get into what he is woken up for.
0: Oh, sorry. Also, can we mention oh. real quick? Mrs. Carmody had commented, because I don't know if we pointed this out in the last episode, that things. We're going to get bad when it got dark. Yes. And so David, oh, I hate this every time he thinks it. David thinks she was right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Saying Mrs. Carmody's right about anything Ugh. is the fucking worst. <laughs> I just, uh, what I like about this scene is imagining what the store must be like in this one thirty in the morning space mm-hmm. where it's eerily quiet except for some muffled sobs here and there and murmuring amongst themselves and just the general like breathing cacophony in this spooky, unnatural place to be spending the night.
0: Nobody has like blankets and pillows. There's not because he was trying no, to they find just something have those for dads Right. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh think also how unnerving it would be to be in this place that is so familiar Mm. that you've seen a million times it's a grocery store there is order in a grocery store but at this point the place has to be disaster from all of these people who have been just piecemeal going through the store devouring everything right there has to be beer cans everywhere (laughs) yeah there's uh the charred corpse of a big crazy bird in the middle of the room. <laughs> many- oh yeah, it caught on fire and flew into cans okay. of pesto, and that's how it died. <laughs> yeah, because uh, Dave Dave hit it with his broomstick, and it's described as like hitting an empty bag, yeah. which is very scary. <laughs> yeah.
0: What Sorry, in- I was just thinking, like, maybe that's because the mist is heavier than normal air, and so maybe that's why it's so light. So it maybe- glide through the mist. Oh, like
2: morphologically, I didn't think of it
1: that deeply, but that's really cool. That's very cool. Creepy, though. (laughs) Um, My next note here is kind of in that vein, Ben, where it's we get information about, for instance, all the sleeping pills are gone.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They've been
1: completely cleared off the shelves. Uh, The beer cooler had to be restocked. The there's a group of winos that are all uh out of town people up front, except for one guy who the guy's dressed like that. He didn't need an excuse to sniff the cork, <laughs> yeah. I've, I'd never heard that phrase before, but I love it. Mrs. Repler, the our raid gunslinger, has decided this is all a dream, and David thinks about how much he'd absolutely love to rail Amanda Dumfries.
0: Yeah, we get a pretty long description about how she's just laying there asleep while he's staring at her with his massive erection.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That is such a funny little, uh, oh, boner talk stinks. Anyone, um, please. uh, One day someone's going to send us. Someone is, I I swear. (laughs) It's this like long paragraph of talking about He's like he thinks about her and then he thinks about his wife and he, how much he wants to go back and, get his wife and uh, but that doesn't change the wanting and by the way Here's just a uh, throwaway about how big my dick is.
3: Like,
0: well, I, I also like re- listening to Will Patton narrate it, who is amazing, by the way. Yeah. To hear him say, you know, I love my wife and I just want to get back to here. But here I am just thinking about re- nailing this Amanda lady. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, he's surprised. My he just tapped on uh, at
2: the end of the paragraph and my erection was enormous. My, it's like, why? It, and I
1: think it's described as like aggressively useless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, before we go any further down this road, I, ju- I want to put this thought in your heads because I want to see where it goes. I don't think it's an accident that this section where he's talking about Amanda and his the, the feelings with his wife and everything, it moves directly into him dealing with his inadequacy issues yeah, yep. and his mm. self-esteem issues. I just want to know if that as we talk about it, I guess I don't, I don't know, I don't know what I'm looking for here, but I just mm-hmm. noticed it and I felt it couldn't be chance it's not no
0: it's it's the perfect place to put it because he's he he then starts thinking about his career as an artist and living in his father's shadow Mm -hmm. essentially because his dad was a really great artist and david's strength is in doing like ad work
2: yeah commercial work Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: and that's not what like he has this kind of romantic notion of what an artist should do and isn't quite satisfied for a very long time with the fact that he can be a successful commercial artist. Mm. And so he's talking about how he had this show and he he did a picture of the supermarket and beans and a false
1: perspective <laughs> is the title <laughs> yeah, of the thing terrible.
0: <laughs> it sounded real dorky yeah. <laughs> sure did. and he was super proud of it he had a show and this guy wanted it and he it was the only one he wouldn't sell and it said not for sale on it and the guy ended up offering him like four grand for yeah. it and he's mm-hmm. like and i could have used the money because we were adding on to the mm-hmm. house and everything and he uh, is it Ollie mm-hmm. sees it and he's like, hey, could I, you know, get a photo of that and run it in the ad, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, oh, this is just another just nice piece of what I am good at. And he finally that's what allowed him to let go of feeling like he had to live up to some expectation mm. that he only put on himself.
2: It's it's kind of an it's an interesting story. It's well told. But the whole thing just for me Just hit me over the head with just, this is Stephen King and his insecurities about his own work that he is putting into this. Because it is King's classic, I mean, how many King writer characters are upset that Mm -hmm. their work is popular fiction? Mm -hmm. They want to be taken seriously, they want to be this uh, great artist, but people only see their work as trashy fiction feel what you will about i disagree uh uh, but that's like well well documented king's own personal feelings and now this is so one-to-one of him giving up on this dream of being more than popular fiction which to that, I say, come on, Stephen King, you're a multimillionaire. Your books are, your books are great. Just <laughs> well,
0: he's, he's studied in universities. I think he's beyond <laughs> yeah. that. I think
1: in a very weird way, I feel like this conversation, this memory is almost a very long road into giving him permission to bang Amanda Dumfries because.
0: <laughs> all right.
1: Yeah. Where's the justification there? <laughs> here. Here we go. Watch me work.
0: All right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> The crux of this memory is the how long it took him to accept that good enough is good. And when he is thinking about having sex with Amanda Dumfries, he's thinking about his wife and how guilty he feels about that and how much he does wish he could be with her. And all that pain doesn't make the wanting any less, but it's good enough. (laughs) <laughs> huh, Jesus that's, Christ I'm, I'm, I'm saying and I know that, that's very callous right now <laughs> but because I really love the affair scene coming up and I'll, we'll explain more about that mm-hmm. why that's a weird soundbite, bite <laughs> um, but I think in a weird way this sets the tone for that decision that he makes hmm. later down the line it,
0: It's a complicated issue that we're about to oh, dive absolutely. into absolutely But I guess we should talk about the other justification he soon has for banging Amanda.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, Ollie comes and gets him because he needs him to come to the back to check something. This... That
2: just the scene of Ollie showing up freaked me out yeah. because there's been a, a lull, mm. and you've almost through this story of thinking about the past. At least I, Things I felt, seem
0: normal for a yeah, second. Yeah, you are
2: lulled into this false sense of security, and then Ollie shows up holding the gun, right? I think he has the gun He's in not my head. He was <laughs> holding <laughs> the gun, but he—it's pointed out that he can see the butt of the gun sticking <laughs> out of Okay, his. well, he—he he shows up and is just like, "Dave, you need to follow me," and won't elaborate. And it, it really got me. Uh, It has a very real sense of urgency yeah
0: what does he find
2: he finds uh they go to the back room and at first i ollie has a flashlight with a cloth over it as so i assume so as not to wake everyone up Mm -hmm. and he he reveals it and at first dave doesn't recognize what he's looking
0: at thinks it's like dolls or mannequins like Mm -hmm. everybody does yeah right When they see a dead body
2: (laughs) uh until he sees their faces, and it is the two army kids that were in the store mentioned very briefly. Mm-hmm. I had completely forgotten about them.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And they have, okay, they have been hung. Yes. Yes. And they go over this, and uh, David starts to scream, and Ollie stops him and says, we don't want people to know about this. Mm-hmm. That would be bad. But the thing that I got distracted by is mm-hmm. immediately, Holly starts going over what could, what might have happened. Because their hands are tied behind their back. Exactly. Yes, And he goes through this, oh, I think they probably tied each other's hands behind their back and then struggled up onto the, cra-. now, this is an insane theory. But my first thought is why would that be your first guess is that they <laughs> went through all of this trouble to, to you tie your uh, someone's hands behind their back to hang them. That's an execution, right? If you're yes, hanging yourself, yes. why would you tie your hands behind your back? Guilt. In case you want to change your mind,
0: they're guilt too. You're, you are executing each other. It made me think they're, they're guilty. Like they know what happened and everybody's speculation about the Arrowhead project is likely true. And it made me concerned for Ollie because how did he just so instantly like understand that and think of, I probably wouldn't have even, it wouldn't have occurred to me to question their hands. I wouldn't have even thought about it. I just would have been so upset by what I saw.
2: For sure, but that—that's kind of the point I'm trying to get at. Yeah, it's
0: Ollie's history? <laughs> is <well>, he served <laughs> in <Okay>. Vietnam? So
2: <laughs> Ollie saw this. But I wouldn't think. Oh, they tied their hands. My first thought when I read this was someone hung these guys someone because immediately the reason they don't want everyone to know is because these two kids are from the army mm-hmm. and most likely work for the arrowhead mm-hmm.
0: project and they think it'll cause panic if people
2: and they think that the, the I think Ali says if some no one had been asking them questions but eventually they mm-hmm. would have made the yes. connection why my first thought if i saw these guys with their hands tied behind their back is someone made the connection and someone did something about it. That's very interesting. Now, we're not really given any, no. th- anything that actually supports this. It's just that was my first thought is, oh, my God, some someone executed these two guys because they thought they had something to do with this. Myth. I,
0: I only don't lean that way. Just given how everybody in the store acts throughout the rest of this, I feel like they would have made a show of it.
2: Sure. Other, but yeah, like, and it, I like that theory It though. doesn't really make sense with the like chronology mm-hmm. and who could, the only person that could have forced them to do all of the work of getting up on the boxes and tying their hands and what would be someone with a gun. <laughs> and uh, I, I feel like we have not been given any uh, indication that Ollie would do that. Nick, so. They could
1: do it.
0: The He's a butcher big yet. butcher. He's not it. crazy yeah. yet though. Well, we
1: don't know how crazy he was before. <laughs> That is really interesting, though. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, see, maybe, I don't know if... You, you kind of mentioned something about with his backstory. This is the part where you do find out he mm-hmm. was in Vietnam for mm-hmm. a while. He saw people taking ears from soldiers. So we it puts into perspective why Ollie has risen to the occasion, yeah. I guess. Yeah, why yeah he, he has, responded well because yeah. he has training. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah, the, the calm... Uh,
0: He's seen some shit. Yeah.
1: Do you think that their theory holds water in the, do you, okay, going under the guise of they committed suicide because they have answers or are guilty. Mm -hmm. Do you think they heard people like maybe overheard rumblings of maybe we should ask the army people before they took that step? Or do you think that they just went out?
0: I don't know. I, part of me, like the super dramatic hopeless part thinks that they were just so overcome with guilt that they couldn't handle it and made that choice. Wait, could that have been like an agreement that they all had to make if something happened? That they, like taking a cyanide Oh, pipe?
1: that's interesting. That's very interesting. Cause nobody's been back there since yeah. before the bird attack.
0: I don't know, cause that is
2: uh, funny. It's It's really interesting. That's a great thought because like, if this is this ultra hyper secret science experiment project it would make sense like hey if something happens
0: you get caught you you,
2: you yes. cannot let this information get out into the general public because you it's military secrets mm-hmm. you know but also <laughs> that doesn't make any sense in that it seems that just everyone knows
1: about the, <laughs> the arrowhead project <laughs> they know that something is up there and we established earlier, nobody has any idea what really it is.
2: I I just find it funny that if this is, if we are to believe Mm -hmm. that the mist was caused by the Arrowhead project, if I I would think that if the army was fucking around (laughs) with interdimensional bullshit, Mm -hmm. that the townsfolk wouldn't even know the installation was there. Right
0: in real <laughs> life, yeah, for sure. I don't know though. I, maybe that's like arrogance. Uh, it would be like if well, <laughs> it's a it's a it's it, they don't know it's there. It's a front. Like there's there. Everybody has an idea. It's supposed to be this, you know, agriculture sure. stuff, etc. So it's a poorly kept secret. But
1: well, mm. one point we live very close to a military installation. I, I was live. just about to say yeah. it was like. It would
2: be like if that military installation that I used to work at (laughs) doing data entry, uh, if we found out, oh, yeah, they punched through
1: to hell.
0: They could but have. But they could, cuz you like there are so many places ben you you Look so disappointed. We never <laughs> had, like,
1: we've all been on the island. We've that we don't have access to all the places there could be things, you know. That's There's an possible. In our community. There's an island. We live in the Midwest. <laughs> we live
0: in...
2: <laughs> What? Why did you say that so menacingly?
0: I just that realized That was a threat. I <laughs> just realized how spooky that sounds if oh, you don't know where we live.
2: Just for a split second we turned into Welcome to Night Vale. <laughs> (laughs)
0: awesome.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That rule. That's amazing. (laughs) Please just throughout the rest of the episode, occasionally
1: whisper menacing things. I fucking love that. It only took us four years to find out (laughs) the job we needed CM to do every episode. Slightly menace the audience. (laughs) On his way back, Amanda Dumfries calls him over and says she was upstairs in the manager's office looking for some blankets and pillows oh, yeah out <laughs> <laughs> that door got a lock on it so let's just it's a done deal they go up to the manager's office and before i give my take which i've already mentioned i would like to hear what your guys' thoughts on the scene in the manager's office
0: i think he mentions his enormous segmented erection again here <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay i oh first i have to mention shout out Oh, no. And I forgot who told us this. One of our listeners messaged us when we first started covering this and pointed out, hey, have you guys ever noticed that in the opening chapters of this book, some guy rushes in and he's all bloody and he's freaking out. And they take him up to the manager's office because there's only one small window or there's no windows or something. And he's never mentioned again. And then Amanda and David plow in that office (laughs) where that guy go.
1: (laughs) I think that's Dan Miller. I th- Was it? No, it? what he wasn't so, identified. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. He is in the movie. Maybe that's why that's in my head. That is very, <laughs> the idea that that guy might have just been still in the office. Because they do say it's pitch black and they couldn't see a thing.
0: Lori Holden and Tom Jane, I'd hide in that office. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh,
1: what do you think about that? So they have sex. What are your what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah. And Josh, you and I have talked about this before as guests on other podcasts, mm-hmm. because a lot of people are divided on this. Some are very upset with these two because they're both married and they both, mm-hmm. by all accounts, love their spouses. And even the act itself, like they they do want each other, but he's thinking about his wife and their wedding night and everything and they're in the dark and he can't see Amanda and he says that she calls out a name that wasn't his so that made him about even and overall what you're supposed to I think or how King has written this is that they are in an extreme situation under a lot of stress pretty sure like who they're with like this is it and they take comfort in each other and people either understand that and accept it or are really mad at them for it. i I get it. I think yeah. I get it. It's It would be horrible. And I think people do strange things when mm. they're stressed out. And it's Tom Jane, so <laughs> <laughs> you have to. <laughs> um
2: I think just for the sake of the story, we we got more of stuff like this. Not the sex scene necessarily. It's a Stephen King sex scene. It's whatever. <laughs> right, yeah. But more of uh, and we'll get to, to this in actually the next scene. Of what I wanted is I wanted more of our protagonist, Dave, uh, to be more of a shit heel Yeah. 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 Because he's just a dude. It's kind of He's he's kind of portrayed as not an everyman exactly, but just he's he's a guy like he's a with a family. He's mm-hmm. very passive. He's responding
0: he's, as people need him, but he's not like, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna he, take he's charge. He's not the leader. He's, he's looking to yeah. others to take charge. He is
2: very much just one of these people. Mm-hmm. He is not positioned as the hero of mm-hmm. the story. Right. And that's why in the next scene, between him and Dan Miller, I wish there was more of a... I I wish the point of the story or the the main, like, thrust of the story was differences between him and who I see as the actual hero of the story, Mm -hmm. Dan Miller. Yeah. Yeah. Because we get a little bit of, like, Dave is instantly, like... Dave has a dude crush on this guy. He he is like, this guy kicks ass. And I wish the difference between Dave's kind of just surviving, doing what little he can, juxtaposed with Dan Miller taking charge, making the plans... I wish that was more of the the thrust
1: of the story, and it would make what what happens to Dan sting more. Yeah. You know, it's funny because now that we're talking about it, I realize that even him having sex with Amanda Dumfries is is almost passive because mm-hmm. yeah. she's the one who is yep. like, yeah. Uh, to all points, this is the one line of dialogue in that description that I feel like you can either take it as the comfort angle or the shitheel angle, and it's the. Uh, the line where he says, In darkness she was nothing but a shape. And you, you can read that in two very mm-hmm. different tones and make either of those points <laughs> <laughs> about whether he's a good person or not. To me, that's the line that synced up with the good enough is good. Yeah. And well,
0: and, and it, it kind of excuses him mm-hmm. in a way like, well, it's not it's not about her. Right.
1: It's just this is this is the, the best option available in this crazy situation. Yeah. All right, let's let's get down to Dan Miller because they've come down and there it's it's dawn now and Dan shares his donuts and cigarettes, <laughs> actually makes David laugh for a second, which I thought was very
2: a great nice. way to instantly make yeah. a character stand out as mm-hmm. like oh this guy is awesome because he he's retained a sense of humor in this situation right. instantly it was like you know, why, <laughs> yeah this guy
1: rules why why once again why have we not been following this right guy? and then Dan. Uh, proceeds to break down his assessment of everything saying we can't stay here I- i've broken down here are all the groups of people that are definitely not going anywhere now but i think there's enough of us we can make a go of this and he wants david to come along mostly because he wants david's four-wheel drive and do they come up with this plan to do a, a test Expedition to the pharmacy next door before they try to make it to the cars and actually get away. And they'll see how hard that is, how difficult it is, and they can do it under the guise of getting pain medication mm-hmm. for the woman who was trampled and had her leg broken.
2: Yeah, uh, th- they also are doing it to explore this theory mm-hmm. that they have that is never answered.
0: That's yeah, Dan Miller's theory, right? Yeah, yeah,
2: because he says, you know, we. Uh, when the Flat Earthers, we let the rope out, they didn't get out of the parking lot, and something big got them. Why didn't we hear cars being damaged? Because Such a good the, question. the parking lot was packed mm-hmm. when this place, when all of this went down. He says, I, I have the feeling maybe they they fell through the earth, that maybe there's just 30 feet out or something, a cliff or something. And then we never we never get yeah anything further
1: into that other than the ground
2: was damaged <laughs> yeah very <laughs> messed
1: up. And the last and probably most frightening point is uh, Mrs. Carmody has followers now. Mm-hmm. At this point, there are two women who are just attached at her hip, listening to everything she says, and he basically tells David. It's she's going to look more and more appealing the longer this goes. Mm -hmm. So let's uh, when she starts talking about blood sacrifices, I don't want to be around for that. Mm -hmm. So let's do it.
0: Everybody has pretty good instincts. Yeah. (laughs) I think this is the most upsetting scene.
1: The trip to the pharmacy.
0: Yeah, because you you've seen you've been assaulted by five foot wide tentacles that (laughs) go beyond your line of sight and these insect bug creatures with maybe penises <laughs> and horrible bird things. And you're like, well, that's all really fucked up.
1: And I haven't gone outside yet.
0: It's worse. <laughs> what is coming is worse mm. than that.
1: What'd you guys think about him? The conversation he has to have with Billy about going to the pharmacy. Cause that's tough.
0: I, I, I felt like Billy just sort of s- slept through it in a way. Like, he's upset, but he just kind of... He's passive, too.
1: Well, he the saying, you know, he doesn't want his dad to go because he doesn't want to be alone, mm-hmm. for sure. But when he says he wants to get back to his mom and... David's like, well, this is the first step on that road. Mm-hmm. And Hattie kind of snips at him. And he snips at her. And he snips yeah. Yeah, he snips back. Oh, yeah, because it's a super fucked up it thing. It really is. Because she yeah. says,
2: don't build the boy's hope up. And he goes, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Which
0: I think is a
1: very funny response. It really yeah. is. What? Why would you say that? What the fuck? <laughs> and then she curls. Well, she's given up already. It's very, mm-hmm. very she, clear. Uh, yeah,
0: because she's. She came to him earlier saying, mm-hmm. I just know my husband's dead. Your wife is probably dead too, right? <laughs>
1: right. So we get our team together after David manages to pull himself away from Billy and
0: Oh, and Amanda's uh, upset about it too. Uh, yeah,
1: Amanda and Amanda, I I felt like it was a conversation that didn't need to happen. Yeah. Because she's essentially says, If shit goes bad, turn coat and run. Don't do it for me, do it for Billy. And I really wanted David to be like Yeah, of course I wouldn't do it for you. Like I (laughs) I barely know you. Uh, But our raid gunslinger is coming along on this expedition, Mm -hmm. and that made me very happy. Mrs. Reppler rules. Yeah, she does. Yeah, armed with a bag full of raid and a tennis racket. Fuck yeah, why not? So Dan Miller gets to the front of the store, and he shouts to everybody and tells everybody that they are going to be making this excursion. And Mrs. Carmody, of course... Can't let that fly. She has to preach holy hellfire about them bringing the devil upon mm-hmm. their heads and all, all of these cryptic things.
0: And it's just upsetting because it's it's her trying to control them and what's going on in the supermarket. Mm-hmm. But By then she's sharing everybody else. It's, I hate it. But then yeah. she gets
1: hit in the boob with a can of peas. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking great.
0: By Amanda, right? By yep. Amanda, yeah. yeah.
1: I thought it was interesting that. They talk about how Mrs. Carmody is winding up everybody who's listening. And the second she gets hit with the can of peas, people start dispersing. She's still going strong. Mm -hmm. She's still trying to get it. But I like that it's described as the spell being broken, essentially. (laughs) Like, ah, I don't know. She can't be a prophet if she can be hurt by peas. (laughs) 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 So what did you guys think about the the expedition? We've, We've got our group outside. We've made it to the pharmacy. What? jumped out at you the hardest in this pharmacy scene.
0: Spiders the size of dogs?
1: Seriously? With, That's too big.
0: With acid <laughs> webbing, <too> webbing. <laughs> with acid webbing. It's not enough that they're huge and their webbing would probably capture a human, but it's going to eat your flesh as it does that.
2: I Two things. It, it's such a minor yeah, I, spiders the size of dogs should be enough. <laughs> but when he points out that they had too many legs.
0: Mm.
2: Like 14 legs or yeah. something like that. That's damn. like
0: something that ends in the P yeah. which I can't deal with.
3: It's too
2: many. Yeah. I, it bothered me enough the throwaway line from the gunslinger when they see the mutant spiders yeah. in the basement mm-hmm. of the way station. Bad enough. Uh, mm-hmm. When they are, yeah, this big. Mm-mm. No, thank you. But also the the thing that it might be after they're running away when he really gets the first good look at one. Yeah. And says, it's not a spider. It's It's not. Mm-hmm. It's something else. It's just the easiest way for his brain to comprehend it is by going spider. <laughs>
3: don't,
2: don't think about it. Don't think about it more than that. You will go insane.
0: It it also hurt me for some reason when he when they first get in there and he finds a comic book on the ground and he mm. picks it up and puts it in his back pocket for Billy because it just it's like Ugh, why bother man <laughs> <laughs> everything is ruined. But at least
1: he at least he got something that he came for. Yeah. Yeah, but you had to fold them in half. They're not going to be worth anything. <laughs> <laughs> the scene when kind of the trap is sprung. Yeah. Because they know the door to the pharmacy was propped open when the mist rolled in because the heat was out. And so the door was open. So they knew there there was a chance people could be in there, but there was a chance other stuff had gotten in there. And they see the webs thinking, <laughs> the first guy says they're streamers. And they find not only at the entrance a decapitated body that the head is just gone. But when they start to leave, who is it? Buddy gets mm. uh, webbing wrapped around his leg, and it Ooh. just the leg of his jeans slides off because it ate through the denim so fast. <laughs> and that's when David puts together: Well, we know what happened oh. to that guy's head now.
3: Ooh. Yeah,
2: it's-,
1: it's
2: monsters give that oh. guy Final Fantasy
0: pants.
1: <laughs> 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 that is a hundred percent true. <laughs>
0: Is this where David is putting together, too, that because they can't really hear or see in the mist, they probably can smell them and that's how they're being found. And that's why they're protected in the store because it's closed up.
1: The note that I made right after that was remember when the very first thing that happened when they came out and they got to the pharmacy was the one guy puked outside? Mm -hmm. That's a pretty strong smell to fall back. Follow Mm -hmm. back. I, I wonder if that. Added to what because there were things inside, Mm -hmm. but I wonder if that smell is what brought what they face outside.
0: They all probably smell pretty bad, too. Probably they've been been stressed out, adrenaline.
2: Yeah, they've already mentioned that like some of the milk has started Mm -hmm. going over. Yeah.
1: So, like, the smell's gonna get out. Oh, yeah. So, shit hits the fan. Everybody tries to make their way back, and not everybody makes it. Mike Catlin gets his jugular torn open and he's dragged off by one of the spiders into the mist. Poor Dan Miller gets <sighs> yeah. ra- completely engulfed in a spider and is being wrapped up in webbing as he dies. I
2: this is what I meant earlier. I wish that there had been more time spent yeah mm-hmm. building Dan up as like this paragon. The the guy holding the whole place together mm-hmm. because when this happened, all of this happened so fast. I didn't, it didn't click to me that Dan died that, that it that yeah, it was no, Dan I understand. because yeah. all yeah. of them, uh, only three of the seven make it back to the the market. And it wasn't until they burst through the doors and it was like, it's only me and Mrs. What's her face? Repler. Repler that I realized, oh shit. Oh, yeah, Dan, Dan totally fucking died.
0: Do you think we didn't get that because we kind of have that with Ollie? Except it, Ollie, well. I mean, because Ollie's sort of the other person we're really attached to. Yeah. Maybe it would have been like too, too, too much of that repeating.
1: Maybe. It would have made, it could have easily pushed David to being third string instead of second.
0: Well, it might have made Ollie's death later less impactful. Oh, yeah, I mean. that's true. Oh, yeah. no,
1: I 100% see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So they, they get back inside. Plan was a massive failure, obviously. We
0: got the comic book.
1: We did get the comic book. <laughs> so David passes out until the afternoon, and Ambrose Cornell, which kick ass name, he was He's... the guy with the shotgun in his truck. Yep. Him and Amanda are the ones who wake him up because Mrs. Carmody now has almost a dozen followers. And of the people remaining in the the store who are not catatonic or committed suicide, that group is now nearly the majority Mm -hmm. of people still alive in the store. And that is something they cannot
0: accept. It happened so quick too. Yeah. And they're going out and coming back. Only a couple of them probably sped that process up. And again, I didn't realize this until we were talking about it for this episode. He's passive. Yeah. Like they're the ones who come to him with Mm -hmm. the plan. This
2: bothered me a little bit just with the general the general feeling of fucking nihilism about the human spirit (laughs) like (laughs) bummed me out in a major way like i get it it's american 2022 we've seen that some people can be convinced of some real whack shit but i would like to think I would, I I would love to aspire to be optimistic enough to believe that people would not result to
1: human sacrifice in within like twenty four right? hours. Yeah. There are two things to keep in mind. One was what I brought up at the very very beginning, with that they mentioned mm. that Missus Carmody has a way of talking people through their uh, better senses, mm. and two, it is mentioned that. She has not stopped. She's basically been preaching for 24 hours straight. Mm -hmm. And while everyone else seems to be losing steam, he points out that she keeps keeps getting stronger. Mm -hmm. It's like her reserves do not run out. So I bet that really speeds up the brainwashing.
0: This isn't a situation you could conceive of either. It's not a natural disaster. It is like otherworldly so I think that gives her more power too because she's acting like she knows what's up because this is the end of the world like hell on earth essentially everyone else is just lost and confused so they're finding their leader
2: (laughs) yeah Uh, can I ask y'all something it's it's completely unimportant but it's something that kept jumping out at me and I couldn't figure why every time that uh, seemingly every time that Dave thinks about uh Mrs. Carmody he thinks about a display in her antique store of animals drinking out of a river that is made out of a mirror. Is that a metaphor for something? Because <laughs> I, cause I all, was trying to fucking yeah, figure it out. they're
0: all trapped animals. I, they're stuffed and h- hanging hang, <laughs> hang no, but I mean, they're, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I kind of took it as that.
2: The visual of, like... These these like stuffed animals. The the mirror river is such uh, an interesting visual that I was like, this has to mean something. And he keeps bringing it up; it has to mean it's ups- something. It's
0: upsetting to me because they can never get like they can never satisfy that thirst because it's a mirror.
2: Yeah, something that like
1: yeah. What if it's her uh, her comfort with death that. The the idea of dead things forced to look at their own reflection forever is certainly <laughs> it, dark yeah, enough. Yeah, see, for it's Mrs. It's, it's a it's a it's but yeah. I like I There's I feel like there. I feel <laughs> like it does help. Um, you almost wonder if the taxidermy thing she has may have been sacrifices she made in her free time.
3: <laughs> I'm not like That's a bit of a stretch, I don't think so, but because
1: they talk about like people think of her as a that witch,
0: true, a witch doctor, and like, she has potions, she has and crazy. Stuff. I
1: think it's fully reasonable <laughs> that there is a you know,
0: all right, you made a that rabbit happen. trap
1: behind Mrs. Yeah. Carmody's house or some shit like that. So after expressing these concerns. David essentially gives Dan's plan to everybody and Mm -hmm. says that they're getting out of there. They can't wait, but they are going to wait until like four in the morning so they can sneak out while people aren't paying attention. And the saddest thing as they're getting these people, I think it's Hattie Terman that basically says, I'll go just for the chance to see the sun again. Yeah. And then... It's such a brutally simple line. I
0: didn't even think about that. Reading this is like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. Yeah, the this thing has lasted long enough that you might wonder if you will ever see the sun again. <laughs> and the idea of that is hard to swallow mm-hmm. that you might not.
1: I wrote a very strange line in my notes, and it just said, Mrs. Carmody is the essential oils made manifest. Um, sure. <laughs> That was a very weird note. Why did I write it that way? (laughs) This is the uh, talk of expiation, Mm -hmm. of atonement. And it is the referring to Mrs. Carmody as the essential oils of people is the selling that promise. I am the Mm. only one that has this cure and the cure is so simple. And because expiation alone just means atonement. Mm -hmm. And it is her who is... Decided what that atonement has to be on behalf of everyone else.
2: Yeah, I would have attached that to religion and not essential
1: oils. But yeah, same same (laughs) difference. Same difference.
0: What did essential oils do to you?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's something people easily buy into that it will solve all their problems. Mm. And that's Mrs. Carmody. She is the easy Uh, solution. That doesn't sound like religion at all. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) So they are... They are now calling for blood. She does this whole speech about expiation and that there's only one thing that God has said will cleanse anything, and it's McVeigh, uh, the
0: butcher. The worst, the scariest person to say blood. Yep. Well, he has to say it like that blood. That <laughs> would be scary. <laughs> but David notices he's the one who said it, mm-hmm. and then he thinks back, like, yeah, that guy, that guy knows how to butcher things. Watch sure him does. butcher a lot of things. That he's got a sharp knife and a dead look in his eyes. <laughs> yeah.
2: This is so maddening to me. And I know that it's because I I am looking for reason where there is none because like any zealots there is no reasoning mm-hmm. with them, mm-hmm. but like this entire time, I just want to. Like, if I were there, I just want to scream. What's your end game here? What? What do you think that? Because she's screaming, you can't go out there because you will die. But you have to stay in here so we can ritualistically murder you. I, I mm-hmm. oh, to what end, you mm-hmm. insane rapture. Person. Yeah, it, I guess. it's the only, an- well, the answer obviously is it doesn't matter. Right? It's for course. God. That frame of mind is so massively triggering mm-hmm. for yeah. me. Mm-hmm. I I hate that. Which is why she's such an effective, <laughs> uh, really
1: scary villain mm-hmm. here at the end. So let's jump to this conflict. Ollie leads the group. To he, Ollie's the person who is saying, you know, here's the plan to get in the car, you guys grab groceries. And as they get to the door, about 15 people with Mrs. Carmody at the head stand blocking their way and she lays into them. She destroys their groceries. She calls out the adultery. Hmm. And in the end, says that the blood of sacrifice must come from one of their number because they are the non-believers. They are the reason this is happening because they refuse to bend to God's will.
0: Which very quickly, like, instantaneously escalates to two and then all of them because she starts chanting, get the boy, get the whore, get them all.
2: It Calling is, for the boy. Ugh, that's, that's it the is worst. so wildly <laughs> anti-religion like this book. Mm-hmm. It is, so much of Mrs. Carmody's thing is that the othering of the unbeliever, unbelievers uh is a little on the nose. <laughs>
1: It also says a lot that when she calls for the human sacrifice to be this like five-year-old boy, mm-hmm. that the nobody in the group
0: No, because they start moving yeah, forward. They everybody their moves group, forward yeah. on
1: it. Like that that's like, not right. that, that is not a moment of turn means that there is no hope, mm-hmm. in my opinion, for this group. It's of very, people. very bleak. And as it starts getting intense, a gunshot rings out, and Ollie has shot Mrs. Comedy through the stomach. Not enough suffering. It's the same <laughs> feeling I felt about Margaret White. <laughs> Not enough. Oh, she
2: is such a marker. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Those two would hang out.
3: (laughs) (laughs)
1: We're
0: going to have to add Mrs. Carmody to our dairy fight night. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: But of course, she, like all terrible villains you hate, she gets the last word by saying they'll all die out there and then collapses. And someone has the audacity to yell, you murdered her. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And David's like, what was she going to do with my kid? Did, yeah.
0: Did it upset you guys that when Dan Miller was initially laying this plan out for David and David was pushing back, he's like, look at what happened to Norton and his gang. And he was like, well, we don't have to go out like lambs to the slaughter. It's that like biblical imagery mm, yeah. that reflects what Miss mm. Carmody is doing.
1: That's mm. why I didn't even think about that. Mm. So they make their way out. Ollie gets the doors open to the car and is immediately uh, sliced in half no, by something red so with claws. Bad.
0: It was segmented too. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it was, right?
1: You made Ollie yeah. segmented. <laughs> oh, too, too soon. Sorry. Sorry. Too soon, come Get on. <laughs>
2: all right, all right. It been fun. No, it's this, this all happens so quickly mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the the gunshot already is like,
0: ramped up yeah
2: yeah, it's such well it it happens there's no build up it is just suddenly they are under attack and Mm -hmm. ollie takes care of it Mm -hmm. which a little not what i was expecting with our chekhov's gun i i expected (laughs) it
1: to be much worse for our heroes that's well, why though. Yeah. He spends the specific amount of bullets before getting in the car. That's true.
2: But yeah, they it's so fast he just shoots and then they are out the door and Ollie doesn't have time to make what he did make sense, I guess. Or yeah to he, make it he clearly he feels, feels bad, very guilty yeah. about he it. He
0: said he I wouldn't have done it if there was another way. Yeah. He's yeah. like telling David like I I didn't want to kill her, but I had to.
2: Yeah. And and before he has a chance to yeah. process, for us to process with mm-hmm. him, mm-hmm. he is
1: unceremoniously uh, cut brutally in half. killed. Yeah. Hattie Turman is taken by one of the spider creatures. Uh, Cornell Ambrose retreats back into the market. Mrs. Reppler slaps Amanda back to sanity. She's screaming. she's screaming. She's screaming. hysterical. <laughs> yeah. And they all get in the car and David throws Billy in the car and jumps in and they get in the car and they just for the longest five minutes of any of their fucking lives while they wait to find out whether this scent theory is good or not. Mm-hmm. And once they establish it safe, David opens the door and runs for the gun, while Amanda also freaks out again. <laughs> understandably, mm-hmm. I mean those things couldn't be too far away. And now they've got the gun. There's four of them in the scout, and there are three bullets. And David says, "If something happens, I'd oh, I'd just have to find a way myself."
2: Mm. Boy, sure, I'm glad he doesn't have to use that gun, right, guys?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm I'm glad that never happens and never will. <laughs> and this is what we get from the Ben we talked about it earlier, the upheaval of the road mm-hmm. in some of these areas that he can only go five miles an hour because the road is yeah. full of cracks and upheavals, all sorts of stuff. It takes
0: him 40 minutes to drive a seven minute drive.
1: I have a, a weird theory, but it only kind of makes sense. Mm. In that, in in this merging world scenario, what if the Arrowhead Project merged us with this uh, entire other planet that has this atmosphere, these creatures, all this stuff? But that world is physically bigger than our world,
3: mm.
1: and it, it mm-hmm. was it, the the earthquake is literally the planet cracking open to make room for space it didn't have before. Yeah,
2: because the scale of everything, I think CM, you mentioned everything it, is just yeah. bigger. Yeah, it and bigger, as we're bigger. about to find out. <laughs>
1: To an insane degree, yeah. And so that's what made that's the the idea. That's the head in my brain. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they make it to the house, but there's too many down trees to get back to. Yeah, David's they can't house. make it
0: like all the way down the. the they can very make long it drive. to the driveway, and, and he has to. This part killed me because he ha- he basically has to give up, mm-hmm. and he's telling himself she had enough food for ten days. Again, doesn't mention the picture window, mm-hmm. and he he makes a comment that. Like he's sitting there trying to figure out what he's gonna do. And anybody could have pointed out, like, hey man, (laughs) not gonna happen. Because they can hear creatures Mm -hmm. in the woods around them. And he's like, They were kind enough to just let me sort through it on my own.
1: The thankfully Billy's asleep during Mm -hmm. this. And then that's when Ben, you mentioned it earlier. He wakes up and says, Did we get mommy? And he says, We couldn't. And he says, Okay, and goes back to sleep. Mm -hmm. Doesn't cry. He's just given up they find a a slew of brand new horrors as they make this drive any favorites oh the obvious one (laughs) um the obvious
2: one that is this really cool parallel to the dream sequence at Mm -hmm. the beginning of the book they're driving down the highway taking it slow because this got to me what he says the the unimaginable stress of driving and knowing Anything can come out of yeah. the mist. Anything at any time. They could just come up and see a drop-off. There could just be uh, the end mm-hmm. in front of them. Any unimaginable monster could creep out that just seeing it,
3: and, <laughs> which
2: is what happens yeah. uh, as they're driving. Amanda suddenly, I believe it was Amanda, suddenly screams, what is that? What is that? And it is the legs of some impossibly huge creature. He says it is something, all I can say is it was big.
0: It's like so big it has its own ecosystem. There are other creatures presumably like feeding off of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something he says,
2: he says uh, something that dwarfed uh, the, the largest whale. Uh, yeah, the yeah. dinosaur. because yeah. yeah. Billy asks, "Is it a dinosaur?" And he says, "No." <laughs> bigger there's, than a <laughs> there's nothing that could ever be that big. Um, that's so legs. <laughs> uh, Miss uh, Miss Repler cranes her neck and says, "She it passes over them." And she says she cannot see the underside of its body, mm-hmm. like the god that yeah. was trampling across the lake. Um, which is a really interesting. I, I haven't worked it all out. Of mm-hmm. that, they basically kill religion. <laughs> 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 they, they, yeah, they kill the idea of religion. They reject religion. But here in the mist, they find this new terrifying god. Coming at them.
0: Uh, so it's not an anti religion book. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's anti, it's anti no, I yeah, I don't know. Uh, like I said, it's that's very pro-mist God. A very <laughs> it's a very half-formed uh, thought. But uh, yet, the fact that it steps right next to David's door, and he says when it leaves, he looks and it left a hole in the highway that he cannot see the bottom yeah! of.
0: Oh. That's
2: horrifying. And
0: he has to drive on that.
2: Yeah, They're- that's the scariest shit I've ever heard. I,
1: it drove me insane. Shit, the earthquakes could be just from the weight of that one creature yes. walking around.
2: Yeah. And uh, th- this other thing, and it's a really tenuous connection, but did its description remind you of anything?
1: It reminded me of Cloverfield.
2: It's, I do <laughs> love that. Its skin is gray with mottled mm. black spots. <gasps> Holy
0: shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long boy. That's
1: horrifying. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. From, from
0: Lisey's story, if anybody hasn't listened to those episodes, yeah, yeah. or read that book.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah,
2: because without that context, yeah, saying that it's the true. long boy is an insane
1: <laughs> thing to say. <laughs> I liked the, when they thought they were going by downed trees and David realized it was mm-hmm. more tentacles. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no. God, there's more tentacle creatures out here. Uh, As David wraps up all of this, we find out that the group is at a Howard Johnson's and he is writing that there is no happy ending to the story. There is no, it's an Alfred Hitchcock ending, meaning that it's ambiguous and whoever finds these pages will be able to create their own ending basically because there's, he's leaving the story here.
0: Which is, is fun because when he, when the, the woman at the beginning who went home to get her kids left, he comments that they don't, she just disappeared they don't they were never going to know what happened to her and then when they drove away from the supermarket he mentions and i never knew mm. what became of everyone left in the supermarket and now we as a reader will never know what became of them yeah
2: i didn't even follow that that's <laughs>
1: amazing
2: uh th- this moment also kind of uh seemed like uh King's insecurities creeping through into the text because it is him saying, Yeah, so it's an ambiguous ending and a lot of people <laughs> hate that, but that's just how you're gonna have to like
1: it. <laughs> I feel like he's he has to warn you, this is what you're gonna get. It's the same way that we got that with the uh, Colorado kid, like at the very yeah. beginning. It's like, look, the answer's not gonna be great at the end of this.
0: He's just tired of people bitching. At him. <laughs> yeah. I get it. <laughs> I like this. Is the way you're gonna have to like this. That. <laughs> uh,
1: we find out that David now has a secret. He was rummaging through the manager's apartment, uh, searching through the AMFM, and he heard something, or at least he's pretty sure he heard something. He's the only—I don't know if he's a reliable narrator at this yeah. point—but uh, he heard one single word.
0: And this is four days later. Right? Yeah. Well, this is—it has been days. four days since the story. Yes.
1: And he says that he's leaving these pages on uh, the counter of the restaurant in the Howard Johnsons. And in the morning, he's going to take off because they have a destination. And so he's going to leave the pages and then he's going to kiss Billy goodnight and he's going to tell him two words Hartford and hope. That's where we leave this book. Hmm. So, thoughts on the ending before we get into ratings?
0: I love the ending and I often write part of it on hotel stationery and leave it for the maids when I stay somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) What part? Just the end, like the message to the the person who reads it. That's
1: amazing. Ben? Yeah, they probably end up fine. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) I, I like that it is an ending that has a touch of hope but mm-hmm. I always felt it was a bit of unreliable hope I don't think he actually heard a word I
0: like that though yeah too like it's you we will never know and those are my favorite endings mm-hmm. where I get to decide and mm-hmm. I get to speculate and go back and forth and just think about it
1: ready to write this
0: I think I just yeah did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sam you wanna go first
0: yeah sure I love the mist I've always said that so my rating is not going to be a surprise well, it wouldn't be a surprise anyway. <laughs> this, like, all, like all King short stories, is so so good, and I had no problems with it at all. There was nothing in it that you know bothered me or stuck out to me as weird. And it was fun, and I'm going to give it five mm-hmm. out of five blue chambray shirts. I
2: really like this, this story. I will say, I would say famously, love King's short stories. I love any short stories. I think they are the perfect way to consume fiction. It's great. Um, this, I wish King would have picked One Direction or Another, because this is a novella. I feel like it could have been condensed a little bit or fleshed out into yes. a full novel. yes. I, I do think it's kind of in this middle ground where there is a little bit of fucking around <laughs> that I, I, I get it really does hammer home the the like despair of it. But I don't know. I think it could have been better as way longer a true short story, <laughs> or yes, a, a full <laughs> novel where some of these minor characters get more fleshed out. Yeah, and maybe the ramping up of Mrs. Carmody. Carmody is a little more drawn out and doesn't mm-hmm. seem so sudden. Sure. It, it, like a week-long stay as opposed to yeah. a two-day stay before they yeah. dip out. Uh That said, it's, uh, it's a fun story. The monsters are cool. Four out of five blue chambray shirts.
1: Terrific. I really love the story. It's such a fun, contained, easily digestible adventure. Yeah. I have... I've listened to the audiobook. I've read it. I've listened to the 3D audio. I watched the movie with my (laughs) wife and we are going to be watching another movie of it together. So it's safe to say I love The the Mist. And so I'm just going to give it five out of five blue chambray shirts.
0: And that is it for this episode of Dairy Public Radio. As always, thank you for listening. Join us next time where we will be covering the movie The Mist. For Joshua Kahn and Benjamin Graham, I'm C.M. Alexander reminding you, terror is the widening of perspective in perception. Hello everyone, C.M. Alexander here. Thank you for listening to The Mist, part two. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Dairy Public Radio and Twitter at Dairy Public. You can also send us an email at dairypublicradio at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. And if you're looking for more content in between release dates, please check out our Patreon page for bonus episodes. And if you'd like some merchandise, follow us on Etsy. That's all for now, listeners. Goodbye.